1: Friends of the parks analysis is that uh, cities that subsidize uh, sports facilities never win. The taxpayers never win. Um, So we don't see that as a good idea. um, But there may be some other ways, we think, to make the stadium make sense for other teams.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is Juanita Irizarry. Executive Director of Friends of the Park. Juanita, thank you for joining us.
1: My pleasure, thanks for
0: having me. A few years ago, you led the opposition that culminated in the death of the Lucas Museum, which then Mayor Rahm Emanuel wanted to let movie mogul George Lucas of Star Wars fame build on a parking lot adjacent to Soldier Field. He then took that museum and built it in Los Angeles, which is where many people believed it belonged all along. Now, Mayor Lightfoot's decision to ask dozens of people, including yourself, movers and shakers, to reimagine Chicago's museum campus with or without the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field has given you a rare opportunity to reclaim parkland or at the very least create a plan for the possibility of doing that ambitious thing if the money can be found to do that. Much of the attention, Juanita, has focused on the changes that could be made to Soldier Field because that is the immediate threat, because the Bears have a $197 million option to purchase the site of the Arlington International Race Course, and the mayor wants to at least try to put her best forward to keep them at Soldier Field. Is that pretty much a lost cause, in your opinion?
1: I think that there was not a lot of hope. That the Bears would stay even as we got started, but I think you are correct that um, the mayor's office did want to have one last ditch effort to maybe attract them to stay.
0: And that last ditch effort includes the possibility, at least studying the possibility of putting a lid on Soldier Field, a dome. Is that wise? Is it realistic? Who would pay for it? How much would it cost, etc.?
1: Well, I think if one reads the entire report uh, that our working group put out, it's clear that there are a lot of questions about whether there is a financial path to make that make sense. And there was certainly concerns expressed about uh, inappropriate burdens potentially being put on the taxpayers. Um, obviously, the committee was made up of people with various interests, and there are certainly some who kind of see the lakefront as an opportunity to monetize the most important real estate in Chicago. Um, And for them putting a dome there may make a lot of sense. Um, For others of us, uh, we have serious concerns about um, a dome. And and that's why it's a study and not a recommendation from the working group that a dome uh, be put there.
0: Yeah, you would never have agreed to anything more than a study, why?
1: Right. Well, Friends of the Parks did actually sue over the uh, renovations to Soldier Field that resulted in what many of us call the spaceship. Um, And we lost that, right? But we have always been concerned about um, significant changes um, to Soldier Field, which was a historic structure. It actually lost its historic landmark designation because of the, the UFO or the spaceship that landed inside of it. Um, but we would have concern about, um, about it for aesthetic reasons for change of historic structure. But honestly, as our board discussed this, this time around, we came down on a lot of concerns about the cost. And if we had all the money in the world to spend, why wouldn't we be spending it on West side and South side field houses, for example, and other amenities that have not been invested in appropriately over the years.
0: What is the cost of a dome? Even if it were something that were wise and we had all the money in the world, what would it cost?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I don't think we know for sure by any means, but I've heard figures ranging from four hundred million to over a billion dollars.
0: I can't imagine it'd be over a billion dollars to put a dome on there, but uh, maybe four hundred million, sure. And I think the
1: problem is, yeah, architecturally the structure that is there now. Has a lot of challenges to even putting a dome. Um, It'd probably be cheaper to build from the ground up, to be honest. Um, I don't really know these things, but but I do know that there have been discussions about the historic structure that is still there and preserving it and building on top of it. I think would add more costs.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think about it; it already has like at least two or three structures now that don't go with each other. Right. And then you'd have to build yet another support (laughs) structure to support (laughs) the lid. Yeah. I mean, could you even do that? And what kind of a monstrosity architecturally would you be left with?
1: Yeah, obviously, there would have to be architects and engineers who know about these things involved. Um, Certainly, it's not my area of expertise, but it was acknowledged um, by the group that it would be a complicated thing.
0: So it was thrown in kind of gratuitously then.
1: Well, you know, there were different working groups and the working group that was focused on that issue was very strong on how to um, create revenue at that space um, for the park district year-round which is important um, but also how to create an environment that would have a lot more activity and amenities um, to draw Chicagoans to the area regardless of whether they were coming to a game at Soldier Field. I will say I was not on that working group um, while certainly the entire group did come together to discuss um, issues, I I would imagine there were some very deep conversations that I was not a part of.
0: So if they did go ahead with the Dome, would you sue as Friends of the Park?
1: Um, Our board has begun to discuss it and has certainly not taken a vote to be clear exactly what we would do, but we certainly have already said we're not in favor of it.
0: Because...
1: Um, You know, again, we have a range of concerns, but it comes down to the cost and where we think monies would be better spent in terms of equitable investment in our park system.
0: Let's talk about some of the other other changes at Soldier Field before we get to the rest of the stuff. Uh, Adding seating to a stadium that has the lowest seating capacity in the NFL at Mm 61.5, adding seats and luxury suites and lounges and wider concourses and virtual reality technology and sports betting and restaurants and synthetic turf and a plaza on the east side of Soldier Field that could be used to draw visitors to the museum campus. Um, and also selling the naming rights, which is something that Mayor Richard M. Daly agreed not to do when there was a furor about the war memorial and keeping it that way, but from veterans groups after the uh, 2001 terrorist attacks. So, which of those are realistic and how much would those cost?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Well, I will say as to the naming rights, the discussion was to keep the name Soldier Field, uh, but add blank, fill in the blank at Soldier Field. Um, And there were some uh, examples brought from other places that have struggled with those issues. Um, Beyond that, I will say Friends of the Park spent relatively little energy being concerned about what happens inside uh, the field as long as they do not expand the footprint of the building. It did seem to me that there were some interesting proposals um, and and there's sense in trying to make it uh, competitive um, to draw other users even if the Bears leave um, to that stadium um, but how much it costs and how to do it is not in the wheelhouse of Friends of the Parks.
0: So do you believe that the city ought to be planning for life after the bears? And if so, what should become of Soldier Field? What does the future hold for it? If the bears say, see ya.
1: Well, you know, Soldier Field does already uh, house other sporting events and concerts. And we think those kinds of things probably should be maximized. Um, certainly, uh, Friends of the Parks is not day-to-day involved in those things, but the park district it generates a lot of revenue from the use of Soldier Field, and so they certainly will want to do that. I think one thing that interests Friends of the Parks is that there are a lot of concerts that take place in neighborhood parks around the city where neighbors are not happy that those things are happening in the parks uh, right in their neighborhood, and so I think it would be worth investigating which of those concerts ought to go into Soldier Field rather than being out in neighborhood parks.
0: Like which ones? Pitchfork, for example. Wh- which ones would you well, say? Well, there's
1: a there's a real fear right now about Riot Fest in Douglas Park, and that was kicked out of Humble Park by the community at one time. Um, and so, you know, the different concerts are of different sizes, and the you know how big they are, and how much capacity Soldier Field has, and whether it's the right fit is always in question. But we know that there are certain ones where there's a lot of um, complaints from the community. And some do a better job of, some promoters um, do a better job of being responsive to community concerns um, than others. And right now, the big fear is about Riot Fest. I I will say there is also a lot of questions from the community about how many activities are happening in Grant Park, um, and that it's often closed off to community folks and folks who just want to take a a stroll or walk their dog. Um, And so there might be things happening in Grant Park that also ought to go into Soldier
0: Field. What about moving Lollapalooza to Soldier Field?
1: If it fits there, sounds good to me. I, I, I don't know the details. I do think Lollapalooza is a bit large. I don't know how, how it works exactly, but we think all of that should be studied for sure.
0: I guess you can't do that because you have different stages and so on. And so you wouldn't be able to do it the same way because they have things going on simultaneously and it requires this gigantic footprint.
1: Right. And they absolutely do have different things going on all at one time. So, again, I'm not into the logistics of those things, but there certainly are some things that ought to go there probably.
0: Yeah. And beyond Soldier Field, this report talks about turning the museum campus into an urban nature retreat by restoring the native ecosystems, turning the old Migsfield passenger terminal into a Great Lakes crime lab and greening the campus, incorporating nature into its impermeable surfaces, And using the opportunities presented by the need to prevent further erosion at Northerly Island, to parlay that into additional recreational opportunities and really fulfilling the original vision for Northerly Island. One of the ideas is to relocate the Huntington Bank Pavilion, which is on Northerly Island. That's kind of a temporary concert venue Mm -hmm. and building a larger, more permanent outdoor concert venue on the parking lot adjacent to Soldier Field. You call the Huntington Bank Pavilion, or the report does, incongruous, saying it really creates conflict and impedes access for the nature lovers. Let's talk about that idea. What is the What kind of a venue do you envision at Soldier Field? What sense does it make to put a smaller concert venue next to a bigger one in Soldier Field?
1: Well, I will first say that Friends of the Parks has for a long time been saying that uh, the Huntington venue needed to go. Uh, It's a bad place for a concert venue, and Northerly Island is often blocked off to other uses when there is an event going on at the Huntington concert uh, venue. So we are thrilled about talk of moving that, and we always remind people that, as you mentioned, it's a temporary venue, um, and it was not meant to be there permanently. The Park District used to tell us all the time that it was there to generate revenue to help pay off the costs associated with developing Northerly Island and then once those costs were paid off that it would go and then that has turned out not to be the case. Um, So we're excited for this movement. Um, Again, I'm not an expert in concerts, but we did hear some talk about certain sweet spots in terms of the size of concerts and venues and crowds these days. And I do believe that the discussion about a concert venue next to Soldier Field would be one that, first of all, was not very tall and obtrusive in terms of blocking views, but also was a fairly small-sized concert venue that would be targeted for that space. Um, Again, it's a vision and a concept, not an actual plan, and such concert Venue idea would have to go through Lakefront Protection Ordinance review. As far as we are concerned, that is also one of our complaints about Northerly Island, um, the the existing Huntington venue, because it was put there without an assumption that it would be temporary uh, that it would be there full time, long term, and so therefore it also did not go through the level of review that we think is important relative to the Lakefront Protection Ordinance. So. We think there's still a lot of work to do to figure out what might be um, an appropriate venue there. And honestly, neighbors like the Field Museum and others definitely would have to be in on those conversations to make sure it's not something that's disruptive of their operations.
0: But how large are we talking and what would it cost?
1: I think the sweet spot concert size for that venue, if I remember correctly, was about 9000 people, which is not a very big venue. Um, I have no concept of the cost.
0: So okay. Really and my- it's sort of like a—I uh, know New Jersey has a garden state art center, which is sort of on a hill and it's an open air pavilion. It's not Ravinia yes. because Ravinia is kind of a garden of Eden feel, yeah. but it, uh, it would be, what, what, what do you envision there and why would it open up an opportunity for you at Northerly Island?
1: Well, right now, when when Northerly Island, when there are concerts at the at, at the, the venue there, they close off a lot of the routes to get to the natural areas at Northerly Island. So the goal with this plan is to get Northerly Island back to the, the vision that um, was put forth when Jeannie Gang originally designed um, what is partly there, um, and that is for it all to be a natural area. Um, and then... There could be uh, a reuse of the existing building on the island, which used to be, you know, for uh, MIGS Field, um, and terminal. Uh, the terminal, correct? Um, a climate lab where kids can come out there and learn about ecology and climate change in the environment, um, and it'll be a much more natural area all throughout. And that is really uh, the vision for that space. So it would be a more passive type of engagement, whereas a concert venue, obviously, you know. Its loud and active, and there have long been concerns too about how well the loud noises and the activity of a concert venue go with um, the natural parts of northerly Island. So this would help to resolve some of those uh, those challenges.
0: The report recommends connecting the museum campus, which includes the Field Museum, the Shed Aquarium, the Adler Planetarium, Lakeside Center at McCormick Place, the oldest, and least utilized building at McCormick Place through a unifying landscape of native vegetation and by building a pedestrian bridge linking the campus to Northerly Island. What would that accomplish? How much would that cost?
1: Well, Northerly Island is quite long um, and walking all the way out there along Solidarity Drive and then all the way out to the point is a long walk. So part of the idea was to have another access point to it. Um, and it is inspired by um, past World's Fair um, activities there. Um, again, there are lots of parts of this plan that are really not a plan. They're a vision, like most, self, like most framework plans for the Chicago Park District. They present a vision that has a lot of pieces that do not currently have uh, full, you know, costs, estimates, and even, you know, thoughts about how they're going to pay for it, right? So it's a long-term vision. We do know that the Chicago, uh, the city of Chicago is working on, in its budget planning process, what some of the first low-hanging fruits, types of um, amenities that are part of this plan might be able to be done. I imagine a bridge to Northern Island is more in the long-term category, but we do love the idea of the more coordinated landscaping, because right now each of the museums has their own uh, kind of management of part of, of their campus, their subcampus, right? It's all park district land, but the museums get to control some of that green space and they each do that independently. So part of the idea is to coordinate that. So it, it all looks more similar, it's a bit more unifying. Um, and uh, we think that's exciting and also won't, have a lot of of big costs and could be among some of the low-hanging fruit uh, parts of this plan.
0: The The report talks about replacing grass and concrete with native plants and getting rid of many of the surface parking lots at Soldier Field that former Mayor Richard Daly promised to get rid of, never did, when Soldier Field was renovated. Daly promised that the Bears' lot would be moved, for example, west of Lakeshore Drive, but 20 years later, half of the museum campus is still occupied by parking lots, sidewalks, roads, and paths, non-permeable surfaces. The report says that an eco- that's an ecological challenge because stormwater runoff is increased and it also leaves unsightly unused parking lots for most of the year. This is a real sore point for you, it's a broken promise. When he ripped up Mick's field, when he sent in those bulldozers in 2003, and you and I remember it like it was yesterday, uh, he made he made you know promises to do certain things. When he renovated Soldier Field, he made promises to do certain things. None of it is really, so much of it has not happened. Yes. We went
1: into our participation on this working group with this particular issue kind of at top of mind, our biggest priority was, hey, this is our opportunity to finally get some of those promises to move forward. Um, And since you started uh, with our discussion of our role in uh, keeping the Lucas Museum off of the parking lot of the Bears of Soldier Field, um, you know, we are, we just really think that that fight was all about this moment, is how can we turn these concrete pads on our lakefront into more green space. Um, so we are thrilled that there was uh, serious conversations about how to minimize surface parking lots. Obviously, we don't expect that all surface parking lots will disappear, but there were serious conversations about how to utilize uh, other existing parking lots, for example, in Millennium Park, where there, there's some underutilization at certain times of the day at certain parts of the week. Um, to get folks to park there remotely, and then be able to bring take shuttles and other modes of transportation in, and to minimize um, the surface parking lots. Also, there you know were some renderings of ways that we could further green what parking spaces might still be there, to make them prettier and greener, but also to make them more permeable. Um, and some spaces might even be able to have grass parking. Um, we actually saw some potential drawings of that. Um, that kind of thing um, in in the Lucas museum discussions as well. So um, we are really excited uh, in the movement towards this direction that you know, like as you have um, suggested is a our promise is not kept. So we're excited about this.
0: So how many parking spaces are there, and how many might we be able to get rid of and turn into remote parking?
1: So I'm going to say that my brain did not uh, reserve space to keep those details, and I was not on the transportation committee, but I know that they looked at those things very closely and certainly shared about them to the rest of the group. Um, But there is also still need for further study. Um, We do know that, you know, while there are some pushes to get rid of parking, the museums do need some parking and the thing is that they are very utilized certain parts of the day and week and not as utilized other parts of the of the time so you know those who are really. um, You know specialized in um, transit and parking will need to also further um, study this, but there were um, some some very um, serious conversations about using other parking. um, That is not used most of the time in Millennium Park.
0: Let's talk about some of the other recommendations, activate solidarity drive and put, turn it into a year round plaza. What do you envision there? What's the opportunity? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, that's a space that just has a lot of parking right now and not a lot of um, kind of just engagement and creative placemaking. And so there are ideas about making it more of a pedestrian walkway that would still have to maintain the ability for some vehicles, um, as certainly um, the Adler Planetarium has a lot of school buses arriving to drop off kids um, at, at, this, at the museum, and they need some vehicles to be able to still get there. Um, but there's this idea that folks would sit and maybe have a cup of coffee purchased at a, a little pop-up stand there and look at some art and enjoy the beautiful scenery. So there could be Um, some um, installations of art that change with the seasons or whatever, and that there would be creative ways to engage people, even potentially in winter and cold weather, uh, to hang out there. Um, You know, so many Chicagoans head out there to to look at the skyline and and linger, but right now you can't, it's just not very pleasant to do that along that drive. So the idea is for that to really be a place to, to go and linger.
0: Improving connectivity by reinstating free or low cost trolleys or shuttles that that used to happen. Yes. How cost? Why did why was it discontinued and who will pay for it now?
1: Yes. Um, Yeah. So we're discussions about the discontinuation of that. Again, that was the details were more housed in the transportation committee, and, and there were reasons of cost why it, it shut down. So, again, there are, um, there does need to be uh, figuring out how that's going to be paid for. And I, I don't know the answer, but I do think that we all agree that that would be an important investment in um, bringing people over from parts of downtown. It's, it's a little tough to get out to museum campus. Um, and And so, making it um, more feasible to get out there so that folks can linger out there, I think, is is a really important uh, part of the plan.
0: It even talks about uh, access and capacity along the surmac corridor by creating a South Lakefront busway and enhancing and extending that little-used or underused McCormick Place busway. How would that work?
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, yes, the transportation uh, activists had some background on, on thinking about that. It would certainly be a pretty big investment, I believe, and in a longer term view to get that done. But there there were a lot of talks about how to make museum campus more accessible, coming from the west as well as how to better connect it uh, for the uh, the south side as well. And one of my personal most favorite fun ideas was to have more water taxis. And we did have some conversations about how to get folks up there from Jackson Park, even by water. So there are a lot of kind of longer term vision pieces around transportation that will continue to be flushed out. And particularly that that Mac Road one seems like a really good opportunity, but it will require, you know, looking to inf- infrastructure deal dollars. And, and that's why these are a good time to do some of these things is because we do know that because of the bipartisan infrastructure deal, there will be some dollars um, to do things related to transportation.
0: It also talks about weaving water into the whole campus experience with water-based art installations, floating or temporary structures, greater access to the water should be integrated into the efforts to restore and protect the east side of Northerly Island from further erosion, perhaps by building those barrier reefs that architect Jeanne Gang once suggested. Those are hugely costly, but they would result in a man-made lagoon with potential for snorkeling and calm water boating and deep water swimming. But that alone has a cost of a hundred to $300 million. Is that just a pipe dream and a half?
1: Well, Friends of the Parks really thinks that as the city is doing its lakeshore erosion study with the help of federal dollars that came down to do that, um, the city is going to be looking at what it needs to do to combat erosion all up and down our lakeshore. And it is indeed going to be expensive. Um, Climate change impacts on our lake are real. They are big. Um, And in the long term, there will have to be very serious decisions made about the priorities and where is more important to happen. We do know that Northerly Island was one of those early indicators of places where the uh, revetments created by the Army Corps of Engineers were not standing up to the increased frequency and severity of storms. Um, And so the island's idea is actually also instructive as it might be something we need to do other places along our lakefront as well in order to um, protect Um, parks and homes and other places along the lake that are um, being battered by erosion. So, um, again, the infrastructure deal will offer some dollars for these, but, you know, all of the things in the report represent, you know, things the city in the future is going to have to consider along with a whole bunch of other infrastructure needs for the whole lakefront and for the whole city of
0: Chicago. So is this realistic? I mean, you know, in in an ideal world, it sounds wonderful, but... We're not exactly uh, loaded with money. I mean, we are sort of now because of the stimulus packages, but ultimately that that money is going to run out. I mean, are we going to ever have the money to do something like this?
1: Well, I think all of these plans tend to be inspirational and visionary, and there are parts of them that don't get done. But we do think those that are related to lakeshore erosion are going to be particularly important for the reasons I just stated. Um, And the city is gonna have to find ways um, to address these things. It's a good opportunity to teach Chicago the importance of naturalized areas along the lakefront and um, erosion techniques. So those parts of it, um, again, will require further study and certainly, prioritization, um, but we think those parts of it are particularly important, whatever happens with Soldier Field and some of the other elements of the plan.
0: And you also talk about barges or boats for floating entertainment and restaurants, uses along Burnham Harbor or the Northern Seawall.
1: Yeah, I think some folks really like super activated lakefront, other folks like a very quiet, serene experience. Certainly, Friends of the State Park stakeholder base uh, spans the spectrum on that. Um, and we thought some people would really enjoy some of the ideas that came up about uh, further access um, <clears throat> to restaurants, for example, on boats. We decided that we could live with those kinds of things way better than we would ever tolerate actually building new structures. And there were a lot of conversations from the start about building restaurants Uh, new structures on the lakefront. And we were very clear that those things would trigger lawsuits, um, but that possibly temporary and pop-up uses of uh, both the land and water-based facilities like barges and boats might be okay in terms of adding some amenities there.
0: Lakeside Center at McCormick Place was your choice for a Chicago casino that did not work out. McCormick Place objected to that. But now you talk about this underused building that needs hundreds of millions of dollars in repair being repurposed in some way, used for sporting events, recreational activities, film production, and improving accessibility on the Northern end of that building. What do you foresee there?
1: I will say Friends of the Parks found it a little bit amusing that you know, during the discussion about the casinos, there was no engagement with um, the NPEA about whether McCormick Place needs to be um, re-envisioned. And and that particular um, proposal for a casino was quickly dismissed. And not that we are casino boosters, because we're not. Um, The only reason we engaged the conversation was the opportunity to think about potentially the the, the, the best scenarios we could get if that building were to be repurposed. Um, honestly, there are many folks amongst Friends of the Park stakeholder base that would like to see uh, Lakeside Center torn down altogether. There are others who are preservationists and would like to see it repurposed. Um, we as an organization do not see funding sources for the repurposing types of things that have been mentioned. And we do have some concerns about the investment in a new sports facility there on the lakefront when we can't fund uh, repairs in uh, field houses and neighborhood parks. So, you know, we would want to see funding sources come in for that. The casino idea, having been one example, that our dollars that could not have otherwise been used for other investments in sports facilities for kids on the west and south sides where we really need to prioritize investments, in our opinion.
0: So the folks that want to repurpose it and turn it turn it into uh, some kind of sports facility, what do they want to do with it? And you're saying there isn't the money, but what are the folks that are proposing this want to do with it?
1: Well, there are talks about exercise facilities and and maybe places to play basketball and games. And they thought it would be really great to bring, you know, people in from around the city to enjoy sports there. And while that's not a terrible idea and you know, repurposing a building is not a terrible idea, um, we think there are facilities like that in our neighborhoods but they're not adequately invested in. Um, there were also some ideas about you know, outdoor restaurants and other amenities to activate the area, maybe for folks who are coming down for an activity at Soldier Field and that this would be a way for them to continue to hang out in the area which is actually very in line with our thinking of why, we said we could live with a casino at McCormick Place because that um, proposal also offered those kinds of things. So that kind of thinking is not terrible, but again, the casino brought a a very wealthy investor who was gonna pay for these things, whereas there are no identified funding sources for any of the ideas um, that have been put forth in the plan. Um, for this this repurposing, and honestly, the MPEA was not at the table with our committee and talking about potential reuses there. So there's clearly coordination and communication that will have to happen in the future.
0: So as we wrap up, what parts of this are ever going to see the light of day? So we've seen reports like this over the years, and they sit on a shelf, they gather dust, nothing ever happens. You know, which parts of this are really going to happen? Do you think, and what happens next?
1: Yeah, well, we are excited that uh, we think the natural areas pieces of it really are among the low hanging fruit, the coordination of landscaping. And there, you know, the Field Museum, the Shedd Aquarium and and the Adler Planetarium are on a regular basis doing improvements. The Shedd Aquarium is working on their centennial plan that already called for some um, external uh, modifications to the part of the campus that they manage and, and they were all at the table. So there's real opportunity for um for investment in the the more unified landscaping and i think for some of the solidarity drive ideas to come forth and and to move um the huntington pavilion off of that space i i do think those are within reason and there's lots of pop-up ideas and i think pop-ups make sense um, because they don't require long-term investments and things so Food trucks can can be out there to provide some more food in the area, without a lot of additional monies. Um, and it doesn't make sense to invest in some things that won't get enough customers in the middle of a very cold winter, out on solidarity drive, right? So there are, um, I believe, some some exciting parts of this. The Soldier Field renovations is a much bigger deal and a long term. Uh, you know, must have a much longer-term view. Maybe there are some other sports teams the city thinks that they um, can attract, but certainly that those are long-term and very complicated conversations.
0: And is it really like, as Mark Gannis told me, trying to put lipstick on a pig? This thing really is kind of an architectural monstrosity that was financially obsolete the moment it opened. For, with the renovation, isn't it really foolish to pump more money into something that? you know, looks like this and is never going to keep the bears.
1: Friends of the parks analysis is that uh, cities that subsidize uh, sports facilities never win, the taxpayers never win. Um, So we don't see that as a good idea. Um, But there may be some other ways, we think, to make the stadium make sense for other teams.
0: Okay. Juanita Irizarry, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see what happens to this report, whether it gathers dust or whether it ever, any part of it ever sees the light of day. We hope some parts really do. And we will see you all next week.